Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Do you feel like you keep dating people who won't commit and you've struggled in your dating life? You've gone through all these breakups, or maybe you've even struggled to consistently date and stay in the dating game. And you are actually the one who struggles to commit and let your walls down. I know how exhausting this can be when you have this desire on your heart that you really want that partner, that best friend, that person to build a life with, and yet your dating life is just going nowhere and you can't seem to find a person to build a healthy relationship with. I just know how frustrating that is. And I was able to take everything I know from clinical psychology and attachment theory research and NLP belief work and build a program that can help you no matter what your past has been, even if you've never had a healthy relationship before in your life, this program will help you become the securely attached, healthy, high self-worth version of you who effortlessly attracts that partner that you've always wanted. So spots are really limited. We can only take a small amount of people every month. And I want to invite you to not wait on your healing. Love is for those who are willing to be brave and do the work And you are so deserving of removing the barriers to everything you desire. So I just want to invite you, apply to the Empowered, Secure, Loved program. You get coaching with me and you will be able to embody that version of you that you deserve. And spots, once again, are super limited. So make sure you apply. You can find the link in my Instagram bio. My Instagram handles Dr. Morgan Coaching, and the link will also be in the show notes. I'm so excited for you to embody that healthy, securely attached version of you. You are so worthy of it. Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. It's your host, Dr. Morgan. Today, we are going to discuss alcohol use, and I'm going to open up about my own personal journey with alcohol and my ultimate choice of sobriety. Before we get too far into this episode, I want to give this little disclaimer that I have zero judgment with anyone's decisions on using substances. And I know that there is a huge spectrum where some people can use them and not experience the negative 
impacts. And I just want you to know that it really is a personal choice. And I do believe as individuals, only we truly know, right? Like only you know if alcohol is an issue for you. So I have zero, zero judgment. I'm just going to be open and honest about my own experiences. And we'll just kind of dive into the impact of alcohol on dating and relationships a little bit. Um, And this should be an interesting episode. This isn't something I've ever talked about before on the pod. So this will be a good one. Um, I hope that you have had a great February. Um, I know my boyfriend and I had a great Valentine's Day and we did not go out to the restaurants. There was no need to get dressed up and go wait in lines or be at a busy restaurant. And I am so, so grateful for that. I literally was in um, like silk pajamas, my silk robe, because I wanted to get all dressed up and feel cute at home, though, like the home version of being dressed up. So I, you know, was lounging around and he cooked crab cakes and steak for us. And it was incredible. So I just love that in my 30s, this is my idea of a great Valentine's Day, staying home, having my man cook for me. It was so relaxing, so fun. And we may or may not have watched The Bachelor at his request. For whatever reason, my boyfriend's really into The Bachelor right now. So uh, yeah, that's that's cracks me up. But yeah, we watched The Bachelor. And of course, we did have some really great time together and just had some great conversations and checked in about how we're feeling about our move to Montana. And it was a beautiful day. And I hope that you, no matter what your relationship status is, that you have taken time to take care of yourself, to send love to yourself on Valentine's Day and every single freaking day. I hope you're showing up for you. It makes me think of chapter three in my book, Love Magnet. Chapter three is called Ferrari Maintenance because you are a Ferrari. You are not a Prius. You deserve to be well-maintained and taken care of. So my hope for you is that on Valentine's Day and every single day that you take time to give love to yourself and fill up your cup. And now let's get into today's episode. Like I said, I have not talked about this on the pod, really. So I have been sober um, since like fully, completely no zero alcohol since the beginning of 2023. So not very long here. Um, I also was completely sober the year of 2020. And then 2021 and 2022, I think I had a total of maybe four to five drinks. Um, So as you can see, it's kind of it's been years in the making where I really, really have cut back on my alcohol use. And finally, in 2023, I just asked myself, what was the benefit of still having a drink like once every four months versus, you know, like what are the negative 
impacts. And here's what I ultimately came to. And I feel like I'm starting at the end. I will work my way backwards of how I got here. Um, But what I ultimately came to the realization of was I did not like the time that I had to spend making the decision on whether or not to drink. And that going back and forth just simply was not worth it to me to have maybe four drinks a year. So I feel really good knowing that every time my answer is no, and it just frees up mental space for me and I don't have to feel any anxiety about whether or not I'm going to drink. And I get to intentionally have drinks that I know that I enjoy, such as kombucha. I'm a huge kombucha fan. I don't know how many of you are, but I love kombucha and different teas. And I will like love when a restaurant has like high quality teas available. I am a grandmother and I'm so into it. If it's after six, it has to be caffeine free. Um, So yeah, it just has allowed me to be very intentional about what what drinks I do enjoy and being able to go into every situation knowing that I don't have to have that back and forth battle in my brain. Am I going to drink or not? So of my journey here, I've been sober-ish, I would say, since 2020 and then officially just choosing no alcohol. The commitment I've made to myself is the entire year of 2023 and it may go beyond that, likely will. Um, but I'm excited about it. It feels really good to me. And I have zero judgment of people who do drink. I totally get it. Um, my Aunt Peggy loves her box wines. <laughs> like, she's got to have a box wine in the house. Like, that's her her ritual. She has you know, a tiny serving in the evenings. Um, And that's like, that's her thing. So I have no judgment of people who drink. This is simply the choice that I've made for myself after gathering data for years on how alcohol makes me feel, how it impacts my decisions, how um, it impacts my ability to think and feel and process everything happening in my life, right? So what I realized and kind of how I got to this place is for me, alcohol has been a number of things. So when I think all the way back to college, um, I have to say all the way back, right? I'm thinking my undergrad in Missoula, Montana, University of Montana, go Grizz. Um, alcohol back then for me was a way to feel like I could relax in social situations because I was nervous and I, I wasn't sure if people liked me, you know, just like the normal insecurities or things that I was dealing with, unhelpful beliefs about myself, I would use alcohol as a way to navigate social situations. And then as I got a little bit older, I remember there was this night, dead hipster night, y'all, at the Badlander in Missoula. One dollar well drinks, Thursday nights, 
and I would bring about $7 with me and I knew that I'd be set for the night and I would black out probably not all the time. It wasn't like I was, you know, every single week, but there were there were times where I did not remember and usually this involved hooking up with a guy and what once had just helped me in social situations started to be what I needed in order to feel like I could let my guard down with a guy, right? And maybe a lot of you can relate that maybe at some point alcohol became something that you needed in order to feel like you could relax, be your true self, be silly, and allow yourself to enjoy dating. And that's kind of what happened for me. Um, And then your girl had the amazing opportunity, which I worked my butt off for. I worked full. I worked full time while I was in college, saved up, and I got to go to Spain for study abroad. And this is still some of the best times of my life. Um, amazing, amazing. I was in Salamanca, Spain, and I drank every day, every single day. And part of that was the culture. I kid you not, I had a host mom. She was a um, older single woman, lived by herself, and she took it upon herself that I would party, and I I would try to stay home, and she would say no, like go enjoy the culture. Like she really was like, you need to go out every night, and she had wine like everywhere. <laughs> And it was just part of it was part of the culture, but it got really, really unhealthy for me to the point where before I would leave the house, I would have an entire bottle of wine to myself. And I'm not proud to share, but that was that was a really difficult time in my life in terms of my health physically, um, in terms of my emotional health. I had very tumultuous relationship experiences in Spain. Also good ones, very good ones, but also very difficult ones. And I was a completely unstable mess. The The good thing was I was already fluent in Spanish. So I was at this um, school and I was supposed to be learning Spanish, but I already knew Spanish. So it didn't matter that I was basically hung over every single day in class. I still like passed everything. Um, but it was really eye-opening for me. I, when I got home, I remember I got home from Spain and I was craving alcohol and that had never been a thing for me. I didn't remember ever like craving it in the way that I was. But think about it. It was it was almost 5 months of drinking every day. And then I I get home to Montana and I'm I'm craving alcohol. And that that really scared me because what research says is that when you develop and there's different levels of alcohol right? We can be addicted, we can be dependent, or we can be using. And I had developed alcohol dependence. When when you're craving it, and you 
almost feel like there's no way that you can't do it. It almost feels like a compulsion. You are flirting with addiction and you're definitely in alcohol dependence, right? When you start craving it. And I knew this. I was a psych major. I studied a little bit of addiction. I knew. So that was the first time for me. And I'm trying to remember, I'm so bad with the dates and maybe because I was drinking so much. But like, when was this? This would have been probably 2012, right before I went to graduate school. Um, But I started cutting back on alcohol at that point. And I knew I was like, okay, this could spiral. This could be really bad. So I took a step back. Um, But I kept drinking. And I would say from 2012 to 2020, alcohol really continued to play a role in just helping me socialize. And I was using it as a crutch in my dating life to help me, quote unquote, relax and loosen up. Um, And I can be totally honest with you all and and let you know that it, it also got me into some bad situations. I think any woman who has abused alcohol and who has um, also struggled in relationships knows that alcohol makes every relationship interaction much more potentially dangerous, right? And... For me, I mean, I can think of various things from being in a car with someone who's under the influence and I'm in a terrible toxic relationship and I don't feel like I can say no and demand that we call an Uber. So I have to ride with someone who I know is completely intoxicated. Those those scenarios to um, experiencing getting roofied. That happened to me and it was awful. And I don't really ever feel like I'll be ready to fully talk about it. But that was a situation that involved alcohol. So there's all of these experiences that I had. And I realized I just became more vulnerable to difficult situations to traumatic experiences when I was under the influence and that's that's part of it. But the other part of it is that I realized I was using alcohol to cope with insecurity. I was using it as a cover-up, right? So having these negative beliefs about myself for so long that there was something wrong with me, that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't pretty enough, I wasn't funny enough, all these things, right? That I'm essentially that I wasn't lovable, Alcohol was a way for me to forget that and put on a facade of confidence. So in 2019, 2020, when I started doing the deeper work and I started really letting go of all of my limiting beliefs and rewiring my brain and learning how to cope with my emotional distress and learning how to navigate through tough emotions and learning how to deeply connect with people authentically, I started to realize that I simply did not need alcohol as a relationship coping skill anymore. 
It makes me think about how one of my most favorite words ever, and by the way, my boyfriend reminds me of this. He's like, you always say this word. But one of my most favorite words ever is intentional. And I decided that I did not want to rob myself of being intentional in every moment by using alcohol because substances do impact our decision-making and they can take away our ability to be intentional. And that's not everyone. Um, I do. I know in my heart that there are people that can use alcohol and do so in a healthy way. And quite frankly, my history with alcohol just did not let me do that. Even as someone now where, you know, I am completely different than I was in my 20s, I simply don't get enough benefit from alcohol to risk any of those old side effects, excuse me, old side effects or old ways of being that were the result of drinking for me. So the the risk just far, far outweighs the benefit. Additionally, I really, really appreciate the friendships that I build and the connections that I have and the conversations I have and the kinds of experiences that I have that don't involve alcohol. I don't know about you, but there's only so many times you could go to a club and yell over the loud music trying to connect with your friends. Like I've done that, been there, done that. And it's simply not the way that I want to connect with people anymore. And and I can still go. I think here's the other thing, too. It's like just because I'm choosing sobriety doesn't mean that I can't party or I can't go out or I'm not any fun. Because trust me, me sober is basically as fun and crazy as someone with like three shots of tequila. Like that's that's my truth. Like I do know that I simply just don't need alcohol to allow that part of my personality to come out. I can simply be in the environment and have so much fun without alcohol. And and that's that's my ultimate decision. And I think it's really important to just acknowledge that this is such a personal choice. And as you know, it's taken me years and different experiences and a ton of healing work, inner healing work to get to this place and to feel confident in my decision and saying, yeah, I don't drink and not feel worried what people will think of me or not feel worried about oh, will my friends still want to hang out with me? Will I still get invited to brunch? Like, no, I just, I don't drink and I'm still an incredible person and I still connect with people. And there's nothing wrong with that decision. It's simply what's best for me. So it's been, it's definitely been a journey, but I want to support you wherever you're at in in your relationship with alcohol and just encourage you to reflect on what are the ways that it's helpful? Are there any ways that it's not helpful? Is my relationship healthy with alcohol or 
are their concerns, right? It all starts with awareness. And I truly did not become aware until I started doing the deeper work. And then I began to realize how alcohol had helped me stay stuck, actually. Like alcohol was something that helped me cope with my old identity. I used alcohol as a numbing tool and as a social lubricant to allow me to feel comfortable as the past version of myself. So it really helped keep me stuck, right? And it wasn't until I had fully realized that and also gotten to the place where I could be completely confident in my decisions that now I feel incredible in choosing sobriety. So I hope that this share of mine was helpful to you. And once again, I have zero judgment. I think everyone has to make this decision themselves. And I know that there's such a spectrum in the relationship with alcohol. Um, And I hope that you just take some time to think about what's the right decision for you. And obviously, if you have some awareness that alcohol really has been a band-aid for you or it's a numbing strategy for you, I really, truly hope that you can do the inner work that allows you to not need it as a numbing strategy or a band-aid, right? Like you really deserve to do the work to heal so that you don't need a substance to navigate relationships or navigate your life. That if you are going to have a relationship with alcohol, that you do so out of choice and out of intention instead of need dependence, right? Instead of a um, relationship that is required for you. So yeah, I just hope that no matter where you're at, that you know that you're deserving of doing the healing work. Okay. This episode, once again, have not talked about this before and definitely being very vulnerable with you all. Um, But if you relate to choosing sobriety, let me know if you've struggled with your relationship with alcohol. Let me know. I want to hear from you. Um, you can shoot me a DM on Instagram at Dr. Morgan Coaching. You could share this episode to your Instagram story and tag me. I love knowing which, which episodes you all resonate the most with. So definitely want to hear your feedback on this one. And of course, of course, of course... I am wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk with you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram Facebook and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self worth and great relationships. 
Thank you for being part of this community. 